The following podcast contains adult subject matter. Listener discretion is advised. Kim's got a puppy and Doyle's back to being a bitch because he won't get off my nuts. You're listening to Thinking Outside the Long Box with Juan, Gabe, Tim, and you heard it, that bitch Doyle. (laughs) Doyle, get off his nuts, man. Pillowy and warm. Hey, everybody. Welcome to whatever fucking episode of Thinking Outside the Long Box this you is. Just said I know. It. I know, but I just also am high. <laughs> uh, today, we are just, going to be talking just. about the Hulu original <laughs> devs. Uh, came out this year starring <laughs> Nick Offerman and uh, other people that I like. So It's pronounced Dooves. You're pronounced, not pronounced you're pronounced douches. Shut up. It's, it's not pronounced <laughs> douches. You're right. Um, One, devs. Give us statistics. Yeah, Devs is an American science fiction thriller television miniseries created, written, and directed by Alex Garland. And it premiered on March 5th, 2020 on Hulu uh, as part of FX on Hulu. Uh, Lily Chan is a software engineer for Amaya, a quantum computing company run by Forrest. Lily soon becomes embroiled in the mysterious death of her boyfriend who died on the first day of his new jobs at Devs. The series explores themes related to free will and determinism as well as Silicon Valley. It received generally positive reviews with critics praising its imagination, acting, and soundtrack. Positive. Agreed. I like how you don't say positive, right? fucking amazing. Positive? Yeah, that, you said it weird. Did I? Positive? Yeah, it was bizarre. Positive? <laughs> it has pretty much my favorite TV actor in it, so I was... Wow. Well, I mean, he's he's not Duchovny, but he's really up there. Check this out. Rotten Tomatoes' uh, critic score is an 81%, and the, and the audience score is a 76%. Ouch. That hurts to hear. That's crazy. So, I fucking love this show. That's surprising to me. So it's it's taken me a while to get into the show. Like I definitely had to power my way through the first like probably two or three episodes. Uh, I've only made it to the sixth episode. I am going to finish it because it definitely has captured my um, like my thought over time and like kind of my imagination. I. I wish they would have dove into what they're actually doing at devs a little bit quicker and gotten into like the, the ideas between like free will and, and uh, self-determination and whatnot. Uh, Sorry. My wife's trying to put a JJ on video. (laughs) Nice. (laughs) Like there, that'll get us taken off YouTube. There, (laughs) I'll blur it out, bro. This isn't live. There's a bunch of big ideas in this show that I really like thinking about. I just wish they would have gotten to them a little bit faster. Other than that, it's a really good show. Like, um, like Doyle, I love Nick Offerman. Seeing him fucking good. Seeing him in this particular dramatic role 
is beyond impressive. Like his acting range is fucking off the charts. Like yeah. that is such a cool thing to watch. Like he is definitely the coolest part of the show to me. So I will Broken. tell you, wait till, like, wait till you get to the last couple episodes. Nick Offerman shines bright gold, dude. I will shines tell you right. Like a diamond. When I did, yes. When I didn't know what this was and you guys offered it up and I watched the first episode and I went, ah, Nick Offerman, this is a comedy. And I, I just kind of put myself in that mindset. I'm, I'm hit or miss on him. Um, it, it just depends on the show that I'm watching. Um, but I think he did, like you, I, I think he did a really, really good job shifting to something that wasn't comedic, shifting to something that was very dramatic. It was like over the top dramatic. He, he, I mentioned it like the first episode. I think I shot out a message. I was like, is it he God? Because it was just the way he, he spoke and the way his kind of number two spoke to him almost in like a she was scared of him kind of way. And I, I just assumed that like that's kind of the road we were going. And by the end, that you know, I don't want to spoil it for you, but that's kind of the way he thinks of himself. And so I, I, I sent another message. I was like, oh, shit, I was partially right. And so that's I, – I, I think he did a really good job, though, in, in a dramatic role. He's genuinely the thing that kept me watching through the first three episodes. Like the way he presented himself and like the yeah. acting that he was doing was a lot more interesting to me than figuring out the background of the Russian boyfriend who gets murdered. You know, like it just – that's – that's just the Silicon Valley part of it, which is yeah. interesting, but not like seriously gripping. Like the idea of what they're doing in devs and how they're trying to how they're trying to present the world as like predetermined over having, you know, that chaotic free will and that multiverse kind of nature is super fucking fascinating. And like the long segments where like his number two is uh talking to Lily and like kind of explaining the theory behind the devs fucking on the edge of my seat more than I have been for any action movie in a while. Like it was just super, super cool to listen to. It's a ridiculously well-written show. Did did you get to, did you get to the multi multiverse season episode yet? I mean, yeah, where the girl creates uh, Jesus's voice and he like loses his fucking shit. So, so, yeah. so that, that episode hit me a little bit because I, I think of where, from where it's coming from in, in the character, because I'm an, I'm a, I'm a father, uh, you know, we all have fatherly, you know, we're all kind of fatherly in our lives. Um, but I've got a little girl, you know, I, I, I don't know that I could imagine how my brain would be if something like that happened and for him to be to have the, such a staunch feeling in his in his heart that even if one hair was different on his little daughter's body that it's not her like he wants the the version of her that he knows and loves from his time and so the fact that she could change one little thing the scientist and and it affect even though it kind of you know made everything right in their system him have such a very deep you know like fuck you like get the fuck out of you fired or kind of reaction it kind of hit me hard because i because i'm a father because it's it's i don't know i'm not that smart and so i don't know that i ever be in that position but i may feel like that at some point in my life 
what I think is the most interesting about it is <clears throat> about like this specific like idea in the in the <clears throat> show is the, the difference between the character that is that gets yelled at. I think her name is Lauren or something like that. I forget off the top of my head, but London or something. Yeah, I, I right forget now. her name. Yeah, but when she has the conversation with like the older guy that also works in devs. And she talks about how he's not a genius. He's an entrepreneur. Yes. He, he's not in it to discover something. And that's what they're in it for. They're in it to discover that there is something out there that is unexpected. They're researching and studying and trying to find the truth He's trying to find the answer he wants. And that's like a really fucking powerful statement that his he's never stepped out of like the n- denial phase of grief. And as a consequence, he's just driven to like not feel that anymore. Like he wants his daughter back, but it has to be his way or it doesn't count. Like he says, he's damned if if there was something he could have done different to save his daughter's life, he's damned forever. Yeah. Great <laughs> fucking show. <laughs> yeah, I, mean, I don't know how all... anyone doesn't hear like th- what we've said so far. and be like, I got to go watch that. Oh, you know, what's crazy. It's between a history of violence and watching devs. Like it's genuinely what I've been thinking about for like the last two or three days. Like they, they both are like dealing with like such interesting and like fundamental issues like how your past affects your present and like do we actually have free will or is everything predetermined like those are fucking huge concepts that we like put into our brains for pop culture's sake and sometimes i sometimes i wonder if like these big ideas are like missed on other people that's why it's fun to have these conversations with you guys because you actually think about this shit too but yeah, I definitely think you hit the the point there. Why, why everything had can't be, why in his mind it has to be predetermined. I think that's the point they were making for sure. Yeah, what I think is what I think that's what happens with like part of the critic and the audience score. Like they're lower because I think, I mean, just like a history of violence, there's swaths of this show that are pretty slow, and there's like big big ideas that most people probably don't really want to engage with when they're watching regular ass television yeah. like this is this is like watching an art house movie for like 10 fucking hours you know i think that's I, I think that's, that's not why. something most people do I, I think that's why it's forgivable for me is because i know i'm going into like an event like a really long thing but I think if if this was just an hour and a half or or two or three episodes, I would not be as forgivable for those times where it's really slow and they don't really get to where we're going at the end. And that's why I, th- I think is the difference between the movie and something like this. Right. And that makes total sense to me. Like, I completely understand that. I just I think like a just for me personally, I wonder how much of the critics score and the audience score 
has less to do with like the quality of show that it is and more to do with people going, man, this is kind of a fucked up time in our world. Do we really want to <laughs> say that it's predetermined or that we somehow caused all of this of our own volition? Like, and those are like big fucking concepts that maybe like eight months ago, people would be a lot more interested in watching a television show about. But right now it's a little, you know, I could see somebody like watching this and then just like fucking having a nervous breakdown over it because there's so much crazy shit happening in the world. For sure. Uh, yeah, maybe now's not the best time to dive in. <laughs> I just, uh, for me, for me personally, I, I don't, I don't think that that's a factor because it is what it is. Life is what yeah. it is. Shit is what it's it is. Like, I can't either. change yeah. that, but, um, I, I enjoyed it. I, it's it's it's. But I understand where you're coming from. I get it. Uh, sad, yeah. you know, people who are like, "Fuck life," and then you got to come in here and you got to hear like, "Fuck my kid died." Like, like it's they're hard <laughs> things to deal with. So I, I I understand that. Yeah, I and I'm not saying for us because obviously it sounds like we're all really enjoying the show or enjoyed the show. I just mean like those those audience and critic scores. Sometimes they can be really skewed by the like. I think we saw that when we when we watched Harlem Nights. Harlem Nights is a really good fucking movie. Like it's a lot of fun to watch. Like I don't think there's anything wrong with the pacing. It wasn't really a bad bad movie. But the scores that it has are, like, off the charts low. Like, and that's really weird to me. Like, at the time, apparently people just didn't find anything about it good when really it's a halfway decent movie. Yeah. I wonder if those there's those people that were like me at first, you know, who were like, Nick Offerman, awesome, this is going to be funny. And then they're like, what the fuck? <laughs> <laughs> this is yeah. not funny. This is, not, not is funny that dude setting himself on fucking fire? Like, <laughs> what is with the giant baby doll? Oh right. Oh man, I was. I questioned that. I know. I questioned that for at least like four episodes, though. Like, what the fuck is going on with that? What is with all? What is with these weird mirror pillars in the woods? Why do the trees yeah. have halos? Like they're they're gonna be like first episode to somebody who's just diving in for shit's sake is gonna be like what the fuck? <laughs> <laughs> uh, and I think sometimes it might suffer a little bit from like the science fiction like technological gobbledygook that maybe doesn't actually mean anything, but it sounds like super smart, like. There's definitely some of that going on in this show where you're like, those are bullshit nonsense words, guys. <laughs> They're just making things up now. Yeah. yeah. This fiction's not real. Me and Mama. No, it was... <laughs> I don't know. Not the reaction I was expecting. <laughs> yeah, I'm not. I'm not sure why I did that, but... <laughs> yeah, overall, though, I think the show is definitely worth watching. Right. So let's go around. Uh, we started with Doyle last time, this time with Juan. What do you what do you rate this show? I'm going to give this one and a half thumbs up. I, I, I like Offerman. He's probably the shot. Like you said earlier, he's probably the shining star in the whole series because you you really I mean, for the most part, it's either we're on him or we're on the other girl. Um, and, you know, there are some other big names in the show, but they don't, none, nobody else really gets a ton of attention. 
um, aside from those two. And and I think Nick, Nick Offerman is did a really good job. Yeah. Notice how none of us yeah. really talked about the main character. She's really just not that interesting. She's she's just along for the ride, I think. I, I think she's yeah. just she's just there to to puzzle find, to figure out what's going on and to kind of progress forward. And then every for couple me, episodes I, they put her on a wife beater and panties. Like, for for me, she's not really interesting until like the very last two episodes. Otherwise she's just like a story like here's something. We'll get back to that later though. Like I, I think that's what's kind of what she does. I think what's interesting about her character is I feel like she's supposed to be the stand-in for you. Like it's you wondering what the fuck is happening, not understanding, having to have somebody walk you through step by step and explain like this really gigantic idea. Like she's the catalyst for exposition, but because she's there and a catalyst for exposition, it doesn't seem like they're just telling you these are the things that are going on. It's a conversation between two characters as opposed to like a monologue from like a narrator or something. Like yeah. I, I think that's the purpose. I think that's the purpose she serves, and as a consequence, she's very nondescript because she's just supposed to be the person experiencing it from the outside. Like, which is pretty cool. I like how they never really decide to try to do anything different. They just tell you it's all predetermined. But at no point in the show do they attempt to do something differently. They well, just they go don't. With the flow. Well, he yelled at her. They he don't ever her. disprove it. Yeah. Well, that's what I'm saying. He yelled at the he yelled at the girl who tried the thing, right? Who tried the different approach. I'm talking about the main characters. Like Hofferman never decides. Like maybe I should just try to tell my bodyguard not to fucking be a crazy bastard. Well, well the so so the I, I think he's afraid of that choice because he, he is because yes, he the other characters I don't know why they are though. Well, he uh, well, I in my in my opinion the mistress his number 2 is afraid of him. And so cuz she she he he asked her, "Why don't you look into the future or do you know what the what it is or blah blah blah?" And and she goes, "Well, what if I just cross my arms instead of doing this?" And he kind of scolds her about it. And and I I just think that the people around him are fucking scared of him because he'll light your ass on fire. <laughs> I mean, and what's what's interesting about his character is there's there's no room for something different. Like he refuses to allow that to happen around oh, yeah. him. I agree that his character is that way, and I see what you're saying. But I think if the other option is the potential for the universe ending, <laughs> I might I might give it a shot. <laughs> Like on the, yeah, on the fuck it, do it anyway. On the way, on the way to work, on the way to work that morning, I might be like, "Let's stop at Starbucks. Just let's see." <laughs> he'll, he'll never know, and the universe might not explode. Well, on that universe-saving Starbucks run, <laughs> I need one oh, of those. I don't think we, I don't think we went all the way around. Tim, what do you give this? Mm, oh, uh, two thumbs. Way the fuck up. The, uh, the thing that actually captured me the most about this show, besides the, the story, was actually the visuals. How everything looked aesthetically was amazing to me. It all felt very Kubrick, like 2001 Space Odyssey. Yes, except done after the year 2001, so the graphics were good. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> Basically. <laughs> but that was kind of the vibe I got, and that really took me. Plus, I was stoned. For every episode, really makes it 
Yeah, I think that better. might be why I've liked the last three episodes more than the first three episodes. I, I, think, keep that going. I definitely gave it two, <laughs> two twice-baked grilled cheeses. <laughs> I had to think Never about where that was coming from for a little bit. <laughs> oh, man. I, I will say the that the, the, this week's topics were very, very visual. You know, they were very carna artsy, whichever, whatever we were watching. I, I think, I think it kind of just ended up being that way. Art house, definitely. Like, especially, like I, I don't think I talked about it, but how Channel Zero will pan away from like what awful thing is happening into somebody's reaction, and then pan back to the awful thing that's over. And you just hear what's happening, so your brain gets to, like, develop whatever is going on. Like, Channel Zero was crazy well-filmed. History of Violence is a pretty visually stunning movie. And this show is is pretty cool. Like, I really enjoy it. Um, like I said, it took me a little... people b- eating other things. Yeah. took what? me a while to, to In get into it. But... of Channel Zero. Oh. Yeah, yeah, yeah. It's pretty cool. I definitely am excited to finish uh, finish devs now. Uh, I think I only have like an episode and a half to go, so I'm you I'm should. I'm digging it. It's good. The the show is like totally paced the exact same way until the last episode where like all shit breaks loose. <laughs> <laughs> and then once it breaks I'm loose, kinda... you're like, eh, it's not that much shit. <laughs> <laughs> All I was, of a sudden it just I was turns definitely into the first, anticipating. It turns into the first episode of Parks and Rec. <laughs> <laughs> like, like the like the end of Breaking Bad turning into Malcolm in the Middle. Yeah. Oh, awful movie, <laughs> awful show. I mean, which one? Which Malcolm one? in the Middle. Breaking Malcolm. <laughs> Breaking crazy. Malcolm. They're, they're both really good shows. So. <laughs> yeah. Oh, uh, anyway. A lot of time. On that note, Juan hates Malcolm in the Middle. You yes. said it here first. I do. Be I'll sure say it again. <laughs> Be sure say to check again. us out. I hate Malcolm in the Middle. <laughs> you can also find you can also find us on Patreon at patreon.com slash TOTLB. Don't know that we're making a whole lot of friends with the Malcolm in the Middle heat, but that does not matter very much to me. Did I go away? No. No, I'm, okay. I'm just saying Sorry. who's going to hate you us over Malcolm in the Middle. So, I don't no, mind no. Frankie Nunez and you know. Uh, Probably Frankie will not be such a fan. I like, I like Frankie because he's weird and funny. And, annoying, and I really everybody, should just finish this part of it, but I don't everybody want hates, to. Everybody you know, we hates Chris and is like a black version of You know that you can't go through this without getting talked over. Gabe, now you're disappearing into the darkness, Gabe. You're on speakers. For just a second. Let me finish this bullshit. Be sure to call us at 970-573-6148. I think that's right. Uh, the Michael Kirk Memorial Hotline. He loves midgets. He's fucking dead. Uh, <laughs> <laughs> we gotta make a shirt. He loves midgets and he's fucking dead. <laughs> you know what's, you know what's good? Said, the man, the you, myth, the I legend. 98% of our listeners have no idea who Michael <laughs> is. I know, that's the best part of it. With that said, I've been Gabe. I'm Tim. I'm Doyle. I'm Juan. Even Mike doesn't know who he is anymore. <laughs> Bye.
Thank you for joining us for this episode of the Thinking Outside the Long Walks podcast. Join us on Facebook and Twitter to get behind-the-scenes information for exclusive content and to be notified when new episodes are available. The thoughts and opinions expressed in this podcast are those of the individual and do not necessarily represent or reflect those of the Thinking Outside the Long Box podcast, Baron Space Productions, its partners, or affiliates. The Thinking Outside the Long Box podcast is made available by its creators, Juan, John, and Gabe. The podcast is edited and produced by Juan, and Albie is the co-executive producer. The Thinking Outside the Long Box podcast is a barren space production. <laughs>